Welcome back to another episode of Bricks and Clicks. I'm your host, Johnny Valeriot, and I'm joined by Colin R. Davidson. Colin, how are you doing today? Doing just fine, Johnny. Great. Well, Colin, today we are joined by Olivia Chen, who is the co-founder and CMO of Twirl Milk Tea. Twirl Milk Tea is the first company to bring milk tea to the ready-to-drink format into major retailers. And recently, they finished second at the Naturally Networked Pitch Slam at Expo East. Congrats, Olivia, and welcome to Bricks and Clicks. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited to be here. Great, Olivia. Yeah. Could you give us a little bit of background on how you guys started and where you've scaled the business to so far? Yeah, so it's a great question. So Pauline and I have been longtime friends for 20 plus years. We're both moms and Twirl Milk Tea started in our home kitchen. We started brewing during the pandemic. All the boba shops, all the restaurants, they were closed. We were all stuck at home. And, you know, we had a lot of revelations, a lot of looking back, wanting to have that comfort that our mom's milk tea brought. We both grew up drinking milk tea, both Pauline's Chinese American, I'm Taiwanese American, and Bobo Tea Milk Tea is from Taiwan. So that's a big part. Tea is a big part of our growing up, something you serve in the home when people come. It's something you have at dim sum. And milk tea, bubble tea, became super popular in the 1980s in Taiwan. And that phenomenon has carried over into the U.S., into the boba cafes that you see. People nowadays, when they go and get kind of an afternoon break or morning pick-me-up, it's actually a lot of people are drinking bubble milk tea, boba milk tea. And so when the pandemic hit, with all the shops closing, there were no options. There were no ready-to-drink. Like when you opened your pantry, when you opened your fridge, there was nothing that allowed you just to have something right away, ready to go, convenient in a can. In fact, when you, when I opened the fridge, none of those drinks were reflective of my own Asian American heritage. So that really was the impetus for Pauline to start innovating. She is what we call in the fragrance world, which is where I'm originally from, there's what they call the nose. And Pauline is what I call the nose for our Indian beverage. I know it's super, it's a funny, funny visualization. But you can imagine she has a super powerful nose that dives deep into R&D and is able to take what you normally can find in a cafe, those really yummy drinks that are concocted and that experience, and turn that into a can, which is really, really difficult to do. And we, our kind of tagline is, Tormok Tea is an artisanally crafted beverage that's plant-based, and it's inspired by our Asian roots, our Asian heritage, as well as innovation and sustainability. Yeah. And that innovation and sustainability part is really interesting to me. And also the fact that you were able to do this during the pandemic. I mean, hard enough just to start a company but during the pandemic and with a vision on sustainability and mission along the way. What were some of the biggest challenges and hurdles that were created, especially because of doing this all during the pandemic? Yeah, I think, well, Pauline, I have to give her a lot of credit. She is a person that is has a lot of vision in terms of the ability to kind of double down. Mm -hmm. You know, when she was, we all often joke, like she was working alongside with her kids at home, her husband at home, everyone is crazy. But you know, you typically hear that story of that, that pandemic second fridge. Well, Pauline had it, but instead of like yeah. a lot of food, she had a lot of tea, she had a lot of brewed concoctions that were filled with all different versions of milk tea. So we tested 20 plant-based milks and how we decided on pea milk, which is yellow peas. People are like, peas, what are peas? But yellow peas that you typically find in the, the grocery store. And we chose peas because one, they were super neutral in taste. Second, they were very low in carbon emissions and they use very little water. The best part is they actually are a regenerative crop. So they actually give 
back to the soil that they grow in. So those are the super reasons that we chose pea milk. And then in terms of sustainability, both Pauline and I are both moms, so we really care about the next generation. You know, what it's not just about what we put in our, our body, but like what is gonna what is that ingredients and what is that thing that's gonna last for generations? Is that gonna be something that's gonna affect our kids and our kids to come? And so the idea to work with small family farms and source from them. So our teas are single source, fair trade, non-GMO. We love that they support biodiversity. They care about soil health. They plant in season. They don't use pesticides. We actually help them get non-GMO certified. And so through that process, we are really, really proud that we're uplifting those communities. As we grow, they grow. And in fact, when they first got their order, the first order we ever did with them and we found them, they were so happy. They cried. It was like their birthday and they were so excited. Oh, wow. And so that's something that, you know, as, especially as moms, like the, it's like building this community, like just as we're fostering kind of our own children, like Twirl is basically my second child, is third, yeah. Pauline's third child. And so that idea of being able to have that community that we're building together focused on sustainability. And when we talk about innovation, tea is actually the number two consumed beverage in the world. The U.S. is very, very focused on coffee. Yeah. The rest of the world, India, Asia, we are all tea drinkers. And tea actually has a lot of benefits that coffee doesn't have. It has a natural amino acid called L-theanine. And L-theanine is something that's what we call a calming agent. And uh, there's a lot of trends right now in functional beverages. L-theanine is considered a functional benefit. It has a natural calming. So when you have that idea of you do have a caffeine boost that naturally comes in tea, mm -hmm. and then you couple that with L-theanine, it's kind of like the best combination of clean energy without the jitters, without kind of upset stomach you typically sometimes have with coffee. Yeah, we notice that a lot too, at least in my household with my wife and I, we usually have afternoon tea instead of coffee because yeah, the jitters, it Definitely. just calms you a lot more as you work in the afternoon and you can sleep at night. So we're big tea drinkers here. I thought what was really interesting and I didn't expect it when I went and tried your product at Expo East was the fact that you are plant-based. You're a milk tea, it's in your name and it's plant-based, which is pretty remarkable. And it tasted just like a milk tea that I would get at the boba shop down in San Francisco. So that was very cool. Was it only sustainability as a reason why you went into and making it plant-based or were was that better for your diet or was that on trend? Like talk us through that thought process because to me, that's yeah. like a big, big, big risk you took and it seems to be paying off really well. Right. So Pauline is actually vegetarian. So that was yeah. first and foremost. We're both Asian American, Chinese American, Taiwanese. The majority of our population is lactose intolerant. So Got those it. were actually, there were real strong reasons of why we went down that road. And then yeah. second, we were looking for those options when we go to the boba shops. But a lot of the options that are offered in the boba shops are usually tend to be oat milk. And oat milk is really delicious, but it's actually very high in calories and it's very high in sugar. So Asians actually were the probably the largest demographics with diabetes. So we're actually creating a generation of that are going to be very high in diabetes and heart disease because a yeah. lot of these boba drinks, for example, the calorie count is 250 to 300 calories, 25 to 30 grams of sugar. Yeah, so when we talk about what we put in our mouth, what we put in our bodies, when we open the fridge, we want to have better for you options that allow us to feel good about what we're drinking. And then the idea of the sustainability was really coupled with that. So what we did with the environment. And so it's a harder road, like you said, to go yeah. down this road of having something that's great tasting, premium ingredients, and then also supporting sustainability. We're not a product that's like at 99 cents or $1.99. We are a premium product. And so that is our some of the challenges we're facing with 
buyers. I wouldn't say necessarily yeah. consumers. I would say the buyer is the more difficult part because consumers have are accepting of the fact that this is a certain They'll price pay point. They'll pay for it. They'll pay for it. And in fact, a boba tea right now on the West Coast is between seven to eight to ten dollars. So it's totally normal. And to have a can for us that's ready to drink, you know what you're getting in terms of sugar level. So when I go to the boba shop, I still love the experience. I actually still love that culture where it's like you go and hang out with friends and you grab a drink and it's like from the cafe. That we, Polly and I still love that culture. We go all the mm-hmm. time ourselves, even though we have normal tea. But it's the idea that could you have this every day? Could you have it on the go? Could you have yeah. it on the soccer field? Could you have it in the road on a camping trip? I love that it's sustainable from the point of view of ourselves like sustaining ourselves in addition totally. to the environment, like you said, like just about your, your health overall. So really hidden sustainability from all sides. Yeah, that's so great. Have you thought about bringing this to the Boa shop? So they have that as an option in terms of your secret sauce behind it. So you can have like a food service avenue as well as the, the CPG traditional retail rep avenue. Yeah, so food service is a huge component of our our business. I think you are super sharp to recognize that. So, for example, we're in all the LinkedIn campuses. We're in a lot of tech Uh, companies. And we actually had a a customer reach out from a really big, big one of the Fortune 500 companies yesterday. And they were like, a customer of yours brought in your drink and your card. And I like, love you. Because they DM'd us on Facebook. And I said, how did you find us? Did you find us through Facebook? He goes, no, a customer of mine wanted you. And I looked you guys up and I thought you guys were amazing. And I just placed an order, but I wanted to like connect. And I thought, wow, that is so amazing. And so... We do have a few Bobo cafes that actually have reached out and have ordered and placed with us. We're right. locally, we're all in the Bay Area, Jane the Bakery. I want to do a yep. shout out to them, Bulcherias, their culture bakery as well. And so there we have quite a few well-known food service establishments that carry us. So yeah, we definitely think we can coexist. Just like you go to a restaurant and you order orange juice or a sparkling lemonade, you can still find those drinks in a a can. We're not meant to replace, but we're meant to kind of coexist and give options and options that we believe are more everyday options. Great. You also mentioned that the the struggle with communicating to your customers, the retailers, the high price, and then that's becoming a barrier for them to accept the product. How have you handled that? Like, how have you responded to it? What are some different ideas that you use that have worked or maybe not worked? to get through that. Because I think a lot of the premium brands that are functional, they're dealing with the same issue right now where it's a lot more expensive than maybe the the traditional retailers expected. Any insights there would be great. Yeah, so I think one thing we want to kind of talk about, just kind of like the bigger macro landscape, is that our world where you kind of just walk down the street, you know, we see people walking around with a boba cafe drink, a bubble tea, and it's super normal. Like we all think like, oh yeah, there should be a canned version. Well, there isn't. Yeah. We're the first to do a plant-based version. Yeah. And what we find when we talk with the buyers is their world, which makes sense. They have certain categories. They have a milk category, they have a tea category, and they have a coffee category. There is actually no milk tea category. So when we talk to the tea buyer, you know, their SRP price point is maybe $1.99 and under, maximum of $2.99. The coffee buyer has a much higher price point, you know, $3.40 mm-hmm. to maybe even $5, much, much higher. And so we actually align ourselves more with the coffee latte yeah. group because we are not a pure tea. If we we did the cost analysis, actually, I know you guys love data and numbers. We looked oh, yeah. at creating a plain tea. And with just plain tea, you can definitely be at that price point for an SRP mm-hmm. because the ingredient. But once you add in a pea milk component, 
you're in a different level because one, you're adding another component. So your ingredients costs go up. So we kind of did that. We showed the buyer that analysis and that turned his wheels. I would say the, the buyer was like, oh, well then maybe represent to me that. But it's a lot of education, a lot of having conversations yeah. like, okay, well, do you know that we're not a milk, we're not a tea and we're not completely a coffee, but we definitely align more. In fact, what makes us align more in coffee would be we add a nitro infusion. We're the first beverage no. in tea to add nitro infusion. So coffee, many have cold brew, many have nitro infusion. The nitro cans. We're the first, yeah. Yes, we're the first to do it in tea. Is it like a noticeable amount or does that help with yeah. texture or what's that? It definitely helps in texture. So our formulation, how we did it, allows us to give you that smooth mouthful feel that you took yeah. of dairy. Yeah. You're totally right. on, on, you, you know beverage for you to be able to pick up on that nuance. So it is. So I often explain because a lot of people don't actually understand nitro. They just kind of hear it in coffee, but they're like, you know, the most common question yeah, is it like fizzy exactly. or something. Or yeah, it like, sounds what, like what yeah. that? And I'm like, you know, when you open that can and you hear that pop, that's nitro. But the amount of levels that you play with, with the formulation to bring out that smoothness and that creaminess that you typically get in dairy related mm -hmm. product. I mean, it shows, it shows like we both tried the product and, and yeah, yeah. the texture is so good. Yeah. So we yeah. actually had a person from Taiwan who came from the beverage industry, stopped by Expo West. They tried the product. They were shocked. They're from milk tea, the motherland of milk tea. And <laughs> yeah. he could not get over the fact that it wow. was plant-based. He was like, is this really plant-based? And <laughs> yeah. what is it? And how did you girls oh, do it? It made you feel so good. So does it, I mean, yes. it, it must be a struggle here it working did. with people who have like a much lower bar, I guess a lower standard for maybe what milk tea is. So what is the best milk tea? And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think consumers definitely, we have consumers that have been with us from when we launched during the pandemic mm -hmm. and they are just so fanatical. And, and, and that case story I just talked about where they like brought us to their employer and then the, the mm -hmm. employer actually reached out within days and was like, we want to carry you guys. Like, how do we make this work? We can order direct. We don't need to go through Pepsi or Coke. We have those things, but we will bypass all those channels just to bring you in. Mm -hmm. And so when we hear those, those are what keeps us going, right? But we do want to live in the retail world. We want to educate the retail buyer to recognize that we should be in a price point closer to coffee latte. And there's the data that proves it because of one, all the ingredients that we have. We have the L-theanine, the functional benefits. We have the nitro infusion. We're a latte. We are synonymous with a coffee latte, but we're a tea latte. And so creating that concept, a better for you version. And so yeah. trying to get that buyer to understand those data points. When we talk about the milk tea, bubble tea category, the buyer actually understands. They know that tea is number two after water. They know that milk tea is growing year on year. You talked yeah. earlier how we've had a challenge with getting data because it's a new category, right? There is no milk tea category. There's, there's no brands really out there that can compete. And mm -hmm. there's some brands that are coming from Asia directly, but they have like a thousand calories. You don't even want to know the full sugar, sugar. count. I mean, yeah, it's like sugar. times four. Like ours is like, our, our can is like six to seven grams per can. Theirs is like, I don't know, 250 times four. And so you just don't even want to yeah. know. Yeah. And so yeah. it's not comparable. It's so, and they're, yeah. yeah, and they're not carried in the mainstream retailers that you would typically think of. And so that is essentially creating a new a category. And with that, we're basically pioneering the road, but it comes with that pioneering. It does have a lot of challenges. 
and and we chatted about data being a bit of an issue but where are you guys at when you're when you're making those presentations how much data do you have available or what strategies have you found us kind of scrapped some together yeah so i think we have found that there's a lot of data on just the cafe world so we know that in that bubble tea milk tea category it's a super high growth of year on year of like 7.4 percent and so we take that data and we show the buyer we know that the ready-to-drink industry is in 2027 will be $39 billion. So we can show those data of kind of saying like we coexist in those areas and we are the ready-to-drink version in a can. So in terms of when the buyer looks at the data, they don't dispute it. Actually, most buyers, when they hear it, they're like, yeah, we totally want you. It comes down to actually end up being price. They love the story. They love our brand. They love our authentic taste and our authentic backgrounds. So we haven't found that to be the difficulty. We have found more difficulty just if a retailer is more price sensitive, how do we work around that? Because we also yeah. still need to support with trade spend. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've had a really frank conversation with the buyer saying, we can lower our price, but we won't be able to adequately support it. So what can we do to kind of come to a middle ground? And sometimes we get lucky. Sometimes we still have to kind of work on that conversation. So, you know, having a podcast like this where we can kind of point a buyer to go listen to and talk about, you know, why would it mm -hmm. be important to support smaller brands like ours that are really mission driven, that are really trying to bring an authentic drink from our own heritage, but in a modern way, because this drink doesn't exist in Asia. We actually have a lot of buyers from Asia, from Canada, from other countries mm -hmm. requesting it. I get a call from Canada daily. <laughs> we're, both, we're both Canadian. We're both Canadian. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. When can we bring this over? And, and I'm Canada, like, yeah. yes, let me first deal with my U.S. market. But yes, we know. You can ask them, are they going to pay for the packaging redesign? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I did ask that. I, I did yeah, ask yeah. that. I, like, I kind of need that packaging redesign. And then the buyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get someone else to do that. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, yeah, we can do that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, and so it's a whole, but right. And so we sometimes find maybe in our own home market, it's a little more of a difficult penetration sometimes. But yeah. so we want to change that narrative. We want to be more in our own backyard. It's nice to hear you staying so firm on price and not like it can be so easy to just say, ah, yeah, this time we'll we'll give you the lower price to get in the door. But it sounds like you guys are being protective of margin and, and really thinking about the appropriate level of investment, which is really nice to hear. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, we want to, or to price Twilight, for example, $199 would be doing a disservice to the brand and it'd be mm -hmm. doing a disservice to the small family farms that we support and the sustainability claims. And so, you know, what you put in, I think, is a value. And so we want to protect that value and we believe that that value is there. And when we tell the buyer, do you know that a boba tea is seven, eight dollars and sometimes even 10, depending mm -hmm. on all the toppings that you add and all the things that you go in? So, to me, there's a disconnect between a $199 that you're thinking about and like even a, the lowest price of $7. So Olivia, thank you so much for the, the time today and joining us. This has been a really nice conversation. One final question for you. Where can our listeners go and buy Twirl Milk Tea? Where are you currently in distribution? Any guidance there I think would be great so we can all go buy and try some of this product. Thank you so much for that question. So we're a smaller brand. So direct to consumer nationwide, we have our website, we have Amazon. Yep. In the mid-Atlantic, we're at Mom's Organic in 22 of their stores. We're based in the Bay Area, San Francisco. So we're in about under 100 retailers here. So some of the notable ones are Gus's Market, Lenardi's. Nice. 
Crows, Molly Stones, mm-hmm. Piazzas, Roberts Market, and then also Bianchini's. So we've really, those natural independent retailers have really adopted us and also Sagona's Market. So those are the retailers that really love our story, are really behind us. And we recommend people going into our website to kind of look to see for the additional food services that we're in. And anybody that's working at LinkedIn should go and check out their cafes. Yeah, seriously. Go for that free uh, free snacks. (laughs) Free snacks and meals at LinkedIn. Exactly. Bring a couple home for your friends and family. Yeah, exactly. They can try it too. I may have done that. Back in the day at Pinterest and Square many times getting free LaCroix and and Red Bull. So Yes, well, you probably built their brand that way. (laughs) Exactly. So thank you so much. Everyone out there, it's twirlmilktea.com. That's T-W-R-L, milktea.com. Go and visit there. Try some product. Olivia, thank you so much for joining us. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's what I want.